And what's going on, guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm here with a good friend of mine, actually, Ryan Poulter. Uh, is, is that said right? I just want to make sure that I actually pronounce your last name right. Cause, um, you got it. You got it. Oh, oh, okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, Ryan here has been on a very interesting journey in terms of something that is very unspoken. Uh, it's It's a journey that you don't hear much about yet. The theme is unfortunately quite common. And we're about to dive very deep into a story that uh, you might almost find quite surprising, yet very relatable in many aspects. And the journey that Ryan's been on and is on is one that honestly inspires so many, especially myself. So I cannot wait to uh, really dive deep into this interview uh, with Ryan and really uh, bring out some golden nuggets that I really believe are going to help many of you. Now, Ryan is a Canadian actually pursuing a rugby career that was going to um, also lead him into pursuing uh, or diving into the Olympics, uh, which is pretty spectacular. He moved to Australia. And from there, uh, we actually met um, a few years ago. Um, and since we've been working together in some coaching as well, um, as he's been uh, diving in into the group coaching that I've been running. And um, I've seen such a transformation and ryan uh, like the things that he goes and 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 uh creates for himself is absolutely spectacular and i once again i'm going to be using this word a lot is i find it very inspiring um this is this is really a man that has uh taken uh what seems like complete odds uh to the point of near suicide um to becoming this uh, man that laughs and smiles so much, brings so much joy and shines his light everywhere he goes. It's absolutely spectacular. Uh, so now he's also stepping into coaching as well himself. He's uh, about to start running his own practice. Uh, and Ryan is a fantastic spiritual guide. So without further ado, Ryan Poulter, hello, brother. How are you today? <laughs> Mate, I am excellent. And thank you for the intro. The very beautiful intro thank you for your beautiful soul and for your light as well um i'm very excited to be here to be able to speak and share my truths with you and with you know everyone that's listening yeah beautiful beautiful so i'd love to dive straight into it man because i feel like the the story is so uh it's really eye-opening uh it's quite scary honestly um with many of the things that, it, that you've been working through uh so i feel like just sort of you know, almost dropping the ball in a way and just going straight in. So I'd love you to speak on darkest time, the time where you were struggling most. What was happening within that? Because I'm well aware, but I'd love you to speak to the audience, uh, to those listening, uh, exactly what it was that you were going through and how you felt in those moments. Yeah, absolutely. Let's dive right in. Um, my journey really started off um around 13 years old where you know i was involved in some drugs and things like that and had taken something that hospitalized me i wasn't able to speak i wasn't able to walk and um you know coming through the other side of that really so traumatized and just feeling so alienated and alone because what i had just experienced is what i consider a near-death experience um yeah. You know, I remember sitting in, you know, those office rooms in a school by myself, 
my heart beating, you know, once a minute, it felt like, um, yeah. and just saying my prayers. I genuinely thought I was going to die. I thought that was the end. And um, to come out the other side of that and not know how to express that uh, to yeah. anyone, to, you know, the, the closest ones to me, it was very um, isolating. And so I struggled from that for a very long time. And, um, you know, not long after that, I ended up opening up to a stranger, which led to me being sexually assaulted. And that continued on for a few months. Now, the lowest point of my life was two years after that, at 15 years old, where I tried taking my own life. And, and you were sexually assaulted at 13. 13, like almost 14, into 14. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and just before you continue, I'd love to hear as well. And the drug scene, um, you said you took drugs. Um, yeah. Were there other people your age that were involved in that space? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had some mates that I was, I was doing it with. Um, right. But was it just readily available? Was it? Or Yeah. The area, the area that I lived, like I, I was in a, I was in a middle school and, you know, there was a high school just, just down, like literally right across from us. So, um, yeah. Where in Canada yeah. was this? This is in Toronto, in Mississauga. Um, okay. yeah. Specifically Meadowvale uh, area. Um, and so like, you know, it was a middle, middle to lower class, certain areas. Um, and yeah, you know, there's, there's parts of, I guess you would consider kind of ghetto. Um, but yeah, just, just, it was obviously ready to available and um, just got into it at the very wrong time, very young age. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, continuing to 15 years old, two years later, what happened then? So uh, the, uh, there's an exact experience that I remember is me standing home alone in my kitchen with a knife in my hand, ready to take my own life and just screaming and crying out of pain because I was holding in these burdens and not just the sexual assault, but that drug experience as well. Like yeah, not knowing how to express or explain that to anyone. At 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, after that as well, I you know, had also attempted to take my own life by taking some um, you know, pain medications or whatever they were at the time. I didn't know exactly what they were, but I just had them. And you know, the, the, the pain and the suffering was so deep that I didn't care. I just wanted, I just wanted it to, to disappear. So that feeling of wanting it to disappear, um, I've got a relatable um, experience myself. Um, yet I don't think, I don't think I was as close as you were, man. Um, there's been many moments where you were so close. Um, and what was it in those moments that were uh, turned around for you? when you're sort of about to um, do the deed, what in that moment brought you out? In that moment, it was almost, almost like a lightning bolt had struck. And yeah. I just realized, despite the pain that I was feeling, that's not how I wanted to live. I wanted a life I just wanted something different. I just wanted a life of freedom. I didn't even know really, I didn't even really know at that time what it was, but I just knew something within me wanted something different than what I was currently experiencing. Yeah. So it's almost like you had an epiphany in those moments when you actually got near to that experience. Um, I'd be very interested to, um, to sort of get a deeper understanding of, um, of that. And um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to, 
um, to see what might go, th- go on in someone's mind uh, in those moments. Because there's definitely, uh, you hear about suicidal attempts um, and then, of course, the actual death ratio to suicide um, attempts, are, you know, it's, it's different, right? So, of course, there's many people that might, you know, half-ass an experience, or, sorry, a suicide or, um, you know, back out um, in those moments. It's like this sudden realization of, oh, man, I want to live. Right. Is that mm. obviously yeah. what happened? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with that moment in the kitchen with a knife in my hand, I realized, you know, what am I doing? What, what am I doing? Am I really going to do this and take my life and, you know, cause this immense amount of pain and, 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 and kind of almost uh, inflict the pain that I was feeling onto, um, you know, my family and the, the ones who loved me? Yeah, yeah um, totally. And then um, moving on from 15, uh, I know you've got more darkness that you've been facing since then, uh, a lot more. Um, of course, uh, that's definitely been a big route for a lot of the suffering that's been created in, in your life from what you've explained to me. Um, so I'd love to hear how you proceeded through life holding these wounds, um, holding these traumas and moments that really come to mind where they've affected you most moving forward from 15. Yeah, well, moving on from 15, you know, I was still suffering beyond words because at this point I still hadn't um, opened up or, you know, spoke to anyone about what I had been through um, and what I was experiencing. Um, And so, yeah, it continued on for, you know, most of my life up to until just kind of more recently and, you know, in the work that I've, the real real deep intentional work that I've been doing. But, um, You know, it affected my relationships. It affected really everything, school, everything. I, um, you know, just continued to escape and uh, abuse substances, alcohol, drugs, sex, and just that feeling of, of worthlessness, you know. Um, yeah. I just didn't want to face my reality. Yeah. Yeah. And then coming to terms with us, I know that you um, have had – uh, many moments over um, over the past few years where um, I mean probably starting last year even where the, uh, the biggest sort of opening up started to happen and um, from there uh, you know there's been many moments where you where come to realization of certain things that you've been hiding away from almost and you started to open about up about those as well uh, it's like you're constantly peeling back the layers so I'd love to hear uh, the things that you have been opening up about, what you've been doing about that, and why has this uh, phase of just opening up about your wounds been such a vital part to your healing? Absolutely. Yeah. So it all really started in 2017. Um, that was okay. the, the kind of darkest year of my life where I walked around the whole year with this mask on because I didn't want to live. I would spend all of my nights at the headland by myself with my pain and contemplating life again. But because I had acted on it before, I knew that it wasn't something that I could follow through with again. But this darkness carried around with me everywhere. And in 2018, I finally opened up the first time uh, about my traumatic experiences at 13, the drug experience and sexual assault. And that really just brought me this little speck of light that because of how much really um, lightness it brought me, 
and weight off my being to be able to open up about that just brought me this speck of light of that there is hope that I can get through this. Mm -hmm. I can grow through this. I can heal myself. And so I created a video with my good mate further afterwards um, expressing that, but I continued to suffer. And the thing was because I had hid all of my current pain and suffering behind that one experience. And through opening up about that experience, I was able to heal many wounds, but I was still afraid to face myself and my current reality of still abusing the drugs, still abusing sex and all other things. And so as I've continued to open myself up and remove those layers, it's allowed me to acquire such a deep sense of wisdom and understanding for myself and realizing that all of these things that I have been doing, that have been causing me suffering my whole life wasn't actually who I was that it, it all came from that, that very first, those very first few experiences. Um, and these were just my survival patterns. And the more that I opened up and allowed myself to be seen, not just by myself, but by others, the more I was able to open my heart up to receive love, to give love, to grow love for myself, mm. for my being, because for so long, all that I had and all that I felt was hatred towards myself for the things that I had been yeah. through. And what were the steps that you took in the opening up that started to allow for that to flow? Uh, and what was it that actually sparked that initially? Um, and what did that create for you? Uh, initially, it was really just like after that video, getting the response from people that I got. What actually led you to wanting to create that video? What actually led you to wanting to speak up? Because I, like, I mean, speaking to all those people that are in that space that you know might be suffering anxiety depression uh just even accumulated stress over time uh certain traumas that know that they will be able to progress if they open up that know they will be able to uh start to actually be more themselves once they start to open up yet they don't know how to take the next step so what, what was your steps that you actually took that allowed you to go about speaking up it all first came with accepting that I was suffering. And even uh, in the sense, I didn't fully accept it, right? I was only accepting certain parts of it. But once I accepted certain things, then it was just a courage. Then it was just right. finding a safe place, you know, a close friend or whatever it may be to openly, vulnerably open up to. And that for me, the, the, amazing, the amazing feeling that came from that it just inspired me to really continue on that. You know, I've also always had this feeling that, you know, with the whole rugby thing, whether the rugby happened or not, and it didn't end up happening, but it opened a new door, a much greater door. But I always yeah. said that no matter if the rugby happens or not, as long as I can live my truth and share my story. So I always had from about 17 this feeling that this is what I wanted to do. I didn't know exactly what or how or which way I was going to do it. It was just a process and a journey but the more that i continued to open up the more free that i felt within my being the more love like i said i was able to grow and yeah yeah like i said just the response from others to know that i am loved i am supported and i am accepted for who i am and all that i've been through yeah. just continue to inspire me to open up and, and become vulnerable about my truths
Yeah, and that, that, that's, that's a powerful thing. I, I know with myself as well, um, opening up about depression, anxiety, uh, the struggles that I had as well. Um, yeah, that key aspect of first acceptance of self, of where I was, acceptance of what was going through, uh, which I'll speak on in a second with you. I'd love to hear um, what it was that you did to do that. And um, then actually starting with one person and then going from there. My first person was actually speaking with a counselor um, for myself. Uh, that was actually allowed me to start, you know, opening up a bit more from there. Um, I remember I, I'd mentioned it to the girlfriend um, that I was with at the time. And then from there, um, yeah, just sort of grew, uh, you know, with friends on social media. Actually, interestingly, I was on speaking about on social media before I even told my parents. You know, um, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, that Same. was interesting. Same. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny yeah. like that? It is. Um, but yeah, just being fully authentic and open, um, but not from a place of, um, hey guys, give me sympathy. Um, it was just more from the fact of, hey guys, this is me, um, and I'll, I want to be seen as I am, not as this mask that I've been creating. So, um, you spoke about masks earlier, um, which, which of course is very powerful, and, um because I was only seen really as, you know, a small percentage of who I really was at that point in time, I felt that the, the person that I was wasn't good enough to show face. Therefore, those masks were necessary at that point in time. Um, and I know that you resonate with that so strongly. So um, you said acceptance was the first step for that process to start to unfold. So what were the steps of acceptance within that um, that allowed you to create that sense of, oh, this is me. This is like my experience. This is my trauma. This is real. This is there. Like I'm being fully honest and authentic with myself. This is how it is. I'm going to accept it so that I can go and speak up about it and learn to be accepted. Right. So what was it that allowed you to create that first self-acceptance? To just be alone with it, to feel it, to observe uh, it, to befriend it. Like I, Oh, Friend yeah. It. How did you do that? It. I love this. Mm -hmm. By sitting with it until I became comfortable with it. Um, you know, I would go up to the headland by the beach for a kind of a two year period, but you know, for a certain amount of time, um, I'd go up there for hours every night, almost every night and just spend as much time as I needed to spend there. You know, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't say I'm only going to go there for an hour. I was going to go there. I'd go there and I'd sit there until I felt comfortable with what I was feeling and just be on my own in the darkness and, um, you know, the sound of the waves and all things that allowed me to really flow and feel into it. Um, yeah. but really, really that's truly it. It's just spending the time with your pain. And like I said, befriending mm. it. Yeah, man, that's so powerful. I know, um, for myself, that was definitely, um, the big key there. Um, I, cause I, I've been, I've been meditating since 2012, man. Um, and I was um, in meditation. I was I was using the Headspace app, so um, it's more focused on you know breathing, um, certain visualizations, and um, and and body scans. So that was sort of the, um, the the key aspects to the meditations that I was doing. And that was a great way to learn meditation. It was a great way to help me um, become more aware and all that, which was great. However, there was not too much instruction on actually focusing on emotion on focusing on exactly what was going on in terms of feelings and thoughts. Um, it was more of the gen more generalized meditation, which was great. Um, yet I never learned to feel my feelings, you know, fully um, and really befriend mm. them. And it was only once I started to open up to other meditation teachers that I started to learn 
how to dive deeper into an emotion and yeah like you said befriend it and actually give the emotion love oh this is actually a, an experience that i can learn to uh, be okay with it's not an experience that i need to constantly reject and apply judgment to so that for me was yeah definitely a big turnaround and almost like an like a mind-blowing epiphany like oh my god i don't have to judge myself if i feel sad you know yeah. <laughs> um yeah which is incredible um yeah i'm like oh my god if i have a panic attack it's not the end of the world you know that sort of thing um it was like it might I mean, it sounds silly when i say it and almost um because i know if i heard that you know when i was in that state um i'd have been like it's the end of the world <laughs> what are you talking about karen yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah it's um it was sort of that realize it start like actual embodiment of that realization like oh this is this is the way and the only way i could embody that was actually through stillness right um, through learning mm. to actually be with it fully um so um I'd, I'd love to um hear any specific advice or um or you know practical steps to actually start to initiate that time that time that people can learn to spend with themselves with those feelings because i know when i started out it was scary it was terrifying i didn't want to be with those feelings i didn't want to spend time no. um, at all with those feelings and um i could barely sit still you know if i sat still for five minutes that was a win like that was that was really hard to do at the start um so yeah what would you say to those people that feel that they almost struggle to sit still almost struggle to um really look like they struggle to find that peace with their sadness with their anxiety um with the trauma what would you say to them find what works for you because there's no right or wrong mm -hmm. way you know i was the same i couldn't <laughs> i could not sit still close my eyes and hum for any period of time <laughs> i couldn't i genuinely couldn't <laughs> right but it's it's finding what works for you and almost using it using a, a creative outlet as a way to, to create that, right? Whether that be through writing, poetry, speaking, music, you know, a, a big part for me, music has really helped me with my healing as well. And uh, yeah, just allowed me to connect to something greater than myself and what I was feeling and not feel so alone. So even that, right? It's not your average sit down meditation as we were explaining, but it's what worked for me. And um, you know, same thing, just getting out in nature, whatever it may be, um, you know, it all, it all adds up and you want the, you want to find that balance between like, you want to be light with it, right? You don't want to, mm. you don't want to go so far into it that it's overwhelming, right? It's gonna, it's a yeah. journey. It's going to take time. So be slow. It's step yeah. by step, brick by brick as well. Don't put an expectation to heal by next week or overnight. Like it's going to take time. So just focus on this present moment and what you can do with that. I love that. <laughs> Beautiful advice, man. Um, it's like getting to the base of Mount Everest and saying to yourself, I'm going to climb this in a day. Watch me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I thought it was as well. Yeah. I totally. expected to be healed like that, but it didn't happen. No. And um, the interesting thing is, is when diving deep as well, the first thing that reveals itself is pain. It's not freedom. Yeah. Right? It's scary stuff that reveals itself first, not the nice stuff. The nice stuff comes as a consequence of diving into the scary stuff, not the other way around, right? Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Um, so 
you started taking those steps of really learning how to accept it. Um, you started taking, um, you know, practical creative steps that allowed you to almost see it in a more light way and see it in a different way. And it's always a very interesting way is learning how to shift the perspective on a, on a, on the same situation or the same experience can very easily help um, change not just the way I'm thinking about it, but the way I feel about it. Right. So um, you mentioned sort of um, you know um, poetry and things like that. So. I've, I've heard you do a lot of poetry around uh, your um, your struggles, around your healing. I'd love to hear what got you into that and what impact it's been for you and also how you go about it. Yeah, so do you know what it was? It's huge. <laughs> it's really funny because growing up, before my, my traumas, I was a crazy, happy, joyful, funky kid, like so much energy. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen the Flintstones. My nickname was Bam Bam because I just, oh, <laughs> I just had nice. so much energy. Right. But then having gone through all my traumatic experiences, I, I suppressed that because I was so serious and so afraid to feel, feel anything. So it was really connecting back to that. Right. Uh, and growing up, I had done, again, music has always been big for me. I had done some, you know, writing of rap music and different stuff and just writing my own lyrics and things. But again, I suppressed that for so long. So it was just connecting back to that and connecting back to my inner child and realizing what do I truly love? And it was just expressing myself, being myself. Beautiful. So that was that was really the biggest thing. Awesome. Um, I'd even encourage those listening to give that a go as well, uh, to actually uh, give poetry a go or give lyric writing a, a go in a way that uh, gives that sort of creative flow or creative experience to bring lightness to those specific struggles. Um, how would you recommend those people to start? How would you recommend those people to actually start on that sort of journey of learning to be creative with that? Don't expect, don't put expectations on it. You know, don't expect yourself mm. to be some great poet from the start. Just speak from the heart, allow what you yeah. feel to come up. Expecting to be Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my, Yeah. But um, yeah, just allowing yourself to speak and write from the heart, whatever, whatever mm. comes up, right? There's no right or wrong. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. No, that, that's, that's lovely. Um, yeah. And yeah, to those listening, it's obviously had a huge impact on Ryan. I can't even speak the volumes of, um, you know, what it's done for him. So I would highly recommend people to actually give that a go, even if it's just, you know, once a week, sit down for five to 10 minutes. Um, yeah. And just see how you can be expressive with yourself in a creative form in terms of how you're feeling. Um, and it's like almost like ridden diarrhea in a way, you know, you're just letting it flow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and doing so very interesting thing has happened for me and doing a similar experience. It wasn't through poetry. It was just simply through, you know, pen to paper is not only did it feel like I created space between my experience and me, um, which is obviously what the idea of um, learning how to be meditative is about, you know, meditation is about creating that space. So um, it's like, it was that form of meditation in a way because I couldn't sit still. So it was a great way to start. And um, the secondary thing that I noticed is I started to become not just more creative with how I expressed it. I became more creative with ways that I could heal it. It was really interesting. Like as I'd write these certain things, I was like, oh, I could do this. Like think new things, new chapters started to unfold um, by initiating uh, the actual chapter that was going on. 
yeah and and run form yeah yeah it just uh just it allows you to really process the experience and what you're feeling on an on a deeper level really because then it's right in front of you you can see it and it's the same thing right speaking my truth it's like just getting it out there out of my body into the universe allows me to see it from a different light yeah yeah totally totally That's, that's powerful and um, yeah, there's even like a certain region of the brain that activates as, um, and written and, and, and spoken. Um, yeah, that won't get activated just by thinking. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's real powerful um, in doing that. Um, so through uh, obviously, you know, going about a creative form of, uh, of healing and a creative expression um, and through vocalizing it, of course, vocalizing it and writing about it is powerful. Yet there's, of, co- of course, more to it when it comes to healing. So what were some main sort of uh, turnaround points or main action points that have really made a big impact on your journey, on your healing um, around these deep wounds that have allowed you to not just dive into them, but become honest and authentic with self and actually start to heal them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest one would be reaching out to you and getting guidance, wow. truly. Wow. Because, I mean, for so long and so much of my journey, I was so alone. I never, you know, it took me eight years to open up about my truths, to speak yeah. about what I was feeling. And even after that, I was still very centered on, I'm just going to do this my own way. I'm going to be all right. I'll get it done myself. I didn't want to get help. I only wanted to help myself. But opening up to that truly has changed my life, you know? And wow, I said this before was, I mean, we're almost 14 weeks into our our work together. I have made more shifts in the past 14 weeks than I have over the past year because of the deeper intention that I set beside it. Yeah. 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 And that's a real beautiful word as well as intention. Mm. Um, Yeah. Because interestingly enough, and um, I actually wanted to speak about this earlier. I just, it's just sort of slipped my mind was um, when it comes to stillness, uh, it can't just be stillness on its own. Yes. Stillness can heal however it's not stillness itself that heals it's the intentional stillness right it's the intention of i'm going to sit with this i'm going to spend time with this i'm going to learn how to change my relationship with this not just i'm going to be still with it and that's it and then seeing what happens um of course that's um that's beautiful and um it's easier to you know not set expectations that way but the idea is intention without expectation um would you um feel that would you resonate with that Absolutely. Yeah. It was like I yeah. said with the, with the headland, right? I'd go up there and I wouldn't leave until I felt that I had befriended the emotion that I was feeling. That's amazing. It's amazing. And, um, yeah, it's, um, intentions being a big part of my life as well. Like, um, for example, yesterday, um, I was encompassed by a lot of sadness. Um, I was just I was talking to Ryan a little bit earlier about it and, um, the sadness um, in the past, I would intentionally try to suppress it. Um, isn't that funny, right? Intentionally yeah. try to suppress it rather than actually um, yeah, repress it in a way, actually allow it to flow. So um, with that intention, because the intention was to suppress it, that happened, right? Um, and in suppression, subconsciously, I diminished my self-worth. I started self-sabotaging myself. I should not feel this way. I should not be this way. People won't accept me as I am because I feel this way. Um, so masks, naturally happened right uh now the intention yeah. of being with it actually allowed me to um not just um not just actually be more profoundly um impactful and actually letting it flow 
um, the intention itself gave me a lot more focus and clarity with it as well. Um, so definitely setting an intention when it comes to um, working on it is powerful, right? Not, not just not just journaling because Karen and Ryan said to journal, you know, yeah. not just writing poetry because Karen and Ryan said, right, no, writing poetry after you set an intention of I'm going to intentionally sit down and write poetry about this experience and see what happens or I'm going to intentionally sit still for five minutes and work on sitting with a sadness and I'm going to learn how to reframe it or whatever that intention is. Um, I think that is really powerful as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, so that, that was definitely a key that I, that I picked up there that you, you spoke on. Um, so you said you set an intention on your, um, on your healing over, um, over those sort of like about 14 weeks ago. So what were maybe some key moments or some real key things that you did uh, or maybe even got out of the coaching that we've been doing uh, that it really came up for you uh, over those last 14 weeks that actually allowed for a great shift or actually allowed for uh, something to uh, really uh, make a change within you? Yeah, I think the intention going into it was really just to uncover all of me, right? Because I realized that I was still avoiding and hiding and suppressing certain parts of myself, right? More of my present suffering um, and some of the actions that I was, was feeling and going and, and doing. Um, so yeah, really just wanting to learn and love and know all of myself because otherwise I just continue to suffer. Right. And was there um, any specific tools that you found very impactful that um, you've learned from the work that we've done. Yes, yeah, oh, so much, all of it, really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of it, or the one of the biggest ones, was really the the breath work um, and allowing. Oh, good. And and understanding how to regulate my nervous system, because I was always ah, in, I was always in this huge. always in this fight or flight, always anxious. Yeah. Um, and you know, and uh, real busy uh turmoil mind is where yeah through that breath work i was able to calm that calm my mind calm my being and my nervous system oh that's key and that's where i was able nice. to un- undercover myself down to the core of this is actually who i am oh, that's huge man yeah. uh which breath work was this was this more of the fast-paced um uh, sympathetic breath that gets in a lot of oxygen and that what that does it you know um balances out oxygen co2 um or was it more the uh, slow steady parasympathetic breath where you really slow your breathing through the nose and which one was it for you definitely the more intensive breath work for me yeah. i found yeah. that coming out of that just completely shifted uh my state but then also going into the slower afterwards was was what allowed me to remain into that calm presence right yeah Awesome. Um, I'd, I'd love to just um, put this out there just so that people listening can take something away as well as um, the intensive breath. Um, I'd highly recommend people actually look up uh, Wim Hof breathing. Uh, it's, it's something that you can just YouTube. Um, that he does. He shows four rounds of 40 breaths and it's a great way to sort of initiate and start um, on this sort of journey of learning how to um, yeah, step into the breathing world. Um, the breathwork world and yeah really let things flow and clarity comes in it's, it's beautiful like a whole new perspective can be created 
um, within a matter of minutes uh, just by utilizing breath work. And it's a great way to start. Um, another breathing exercise that people can take away is um, I like the, uh, um, you know, we've, we've done the four, four, six, two breath, right? Together yeah. um, in that um, meditation. And um, essentially it's learning how to breathe in a way that um, isn't like your normal nasal breath. So it's not um, just breathing like your normal nasal breath. It's sort of like if you eat an ice cream on a very hot day, <laughs> sort of like, you know, like that, yeah. but it's actually through the nose. So instead, and if you can actually learn how to do that um, in a way that um, allows the breath to flow in a smooth way, in a deep way, then essentially it's four seconds in, four seconds hold, six seconds out, two seconds hold, repeat. And doing that for um, a total of eight rounds minimum uh, allows, yeah, to completely get into that sort of deeper um, you know, parasympathetic, which is the opposite of fight or flight state. Um, yeah. And it really has, that's for me has been a big one actually. Like, um, I remember I mean, I'll be in conversations that are scary and I'll start breathing, you know, differently or, um, before I jump on this podcast, you know, I'll, I'll do a little bit of that deep breathing. Um, it's called an UJ breath, um, little, little, little um, fact that you don't need to know that. But <laughs> I love <laughs> that's those a great name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So, but- um, that's what you say. The one thing from getting that from the breath, right? I've become more conscious of my breath in day to day moments. So doing that, oh, pra- wow. doing the intentional practices, but then, I mean, for, for me, I've always struggled breathing through my nose. I had, mm. oh, I was pretty young, but I had some surgery on my nose because I was, it was a difficult thing for me and it still is. It always has been. So having those intentional breaths, but then just going through, day to day and noticing and catching myself through awareness of when I'm feeling some tension within my body to just in my mind, focus on my breath consciously, even, you know, just, just small, short inhales. Um, and just, just really even a minute, a moment of consciousness towards that. Yeah. Has it been able to, you know, bring me back to deeper clarity and move forward through the rest of my, my day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so breathing has obviously been a really big key there. So would you mind pointing out maybe two other keys that you constantly go back to? Actually, we'll say key. the second key is creativity, so creative expression. So what's maybe a third key, uh, a third tool that you'd like to give people that you've learned on your journey? Yeah, the third, third key I would say really is just to coming back to being vulnerable and opening up with not just ourselves, but with those around us and being able to express yourself and share what you're feeling and having that support and being both giving and being supportive because when we support others, we also are supporting ourselves and we're allowing ourselves Mm. to be supported and we're allowing ourselves a deeper healing. Mm. So I find daily practice of, courage and vulnerability has been another tool for me to really transform myself and my life courage i love this one so (laughs) we've done boldness together haven't we Uh, so for you stepping into boldness do you mind speaking about that what your experience has been with that and how courage has allowed you to um, almost step into new light and new freedom yes absolutely so the the boldness for me was really just around 
It was actually funny when we first dove into boldness. I found it a bit difficult yeah. because I had set these, I had these expectations that I need to make these big, mighty, bold moves. Yeah. To to kind of feel good and and make big shifts, but I actually ended up discovering that it was really just the small, little, bold moves for me around my mindset, around my lifestyle, my routine, around my relationships, and how I communicate those small bold moves added up and really created the foundation for the for the big shifts that's golden and um i'd just like to speak so that people know what we mean by bold moves um like big swings bold moves we've got many names but essentially doing something uh that i would rather not be doing it anyway and um in doing so um i learned to trust myself um a lot more and and i trust my word um i've used this example quite a few times but i just i love it i've actually used it for like two years now and i just keep going back to it which is um if um you know i was to take uh the listener right now uh, and say i'm going to meet you at starbucks at 10 a.m tomorrow and i don't show up um you'll trust me a little less right um now if i said hey look i'm so sorry um, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I missed it. I'll show up next time. I promise. I promise I'll be there. Um, and I still wasn't there the next time. If that continued to happen, not just trust, but respect as well would start to diminish. Now, we do that to ourselves, right? Um, mm. that, that sense of, yeah, distrust, learning to, um, you know, setting intentions and then not following through or giving ourselves promises. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then not doing it is actually the most, one of the most harmful things I can do for my anxiety, for my depression, for my trauma. No, I don't trust myself um, and I don't trust that I can actually do something about it. And that's a scary place. So yeah, for me as well, um, like some bold moves that I remember were um, learning to meditate five minutes a day or, um, you know, learning how, like spending five minutes a day learning to handstand and then seeing the progression in that. Like they were so simple yet they were actually quite hard for me because I, it required a lot of discipline at that point in time in my life to start to actually do that. Um, and of course that can evolve into, you know, bigger bold moves, like, you know, speaking to that girl you want to speak to or, um, you know, yeah. or, um, yeah, or diving or having a conversation with the parents that you didn't want to have. Right. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. That it can be explored in so many ways. And, um, that for me was definitely a big impact on my healing. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love, I love that section segment that you brought up courage and vulnerability. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Two very powerful. Yeah. Um, what was your biggest mistake in your healing journey? Wow. Um, I don't like to, I don't like to think of things as mistakes. Uh, I think everything happens the way it is and that we can gain wisdom from those experiences because there's no right or wrong, but I would say that would probably be not reaching out for help sooner. Yeah, because it when I had, finally, it, it changed the whole game. Because, you know, it's, and I think you gave me this analogy, right? As a horse, we can pull a certain amount of weight, but as two horses, I can't remember the weights. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, they can carry so much more weight and load. And, yeah, because I had gone through so much of my journey alone, I thought that I, I had to go through my whole life alone. Um, but the moment that I changed that, I realized that I'm, I, I never am and never have been alone. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, that's huge. Um, that's been huge for me as well. Um, yeah, learning to actually reach out for help um, just because I felt that, you know, counseling wasn't really um, effective for me. Um, it helped, but it wasn't effective. Um, you know, I tried so many different methods that weren't effective, um, although they helped, they weren't effective. And I, I started to think, um, and I also got into the headspace that I know how to heal. You know, I, yeah. I, I was stuck there. That was such a hurtful space to be. Um, and that would, that would be my biggest mistake, actually, is knowing, thinking that I knew how to heal. Um, so even now I'm working with a coach um, for those that um, are listening and that sort of don't know much about me. Um, and that was um, a life-changing thing for me was doing that. Um, yeah, it was actually either getting a coach, getting, you know, getting a psychologist, yeah, um, yeah um, participating in some form of group. Um, whatever that is, community, you know, um, yeah, just giving opportunity, not just to be around pe other people that are in a similar space, but actually understanding that I don't know it all. I don't know how to heal. <laughs> I understand, you know, maybe a portion, but I don't know. Because the moment I say I know, I put a wall up and I block myself up from any further learning um, that's possible. So, um, yeah, I, I find that very, um, I resonate with that a lot, man. Um, actually coming to that place where, wow, I can actually step back from my ego and in doing so, it actually gives me the greatest opportunity to heal, isn't it? Yeah, the ego is yeah. a very dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah, so speak on that for a moment. How has ego hurt you? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my it, it created such a heart wall for me because yeah. I was just so afraid to, yeah, one, face my own truths, but allow myself to be seen by others. So like I said earlier, is I hid all of my traumas around a specific trauma around my first first few traumas around my sexual assault yeah. and once i had made peace with that part of my life my ego created that heart wall from feeling and opening up to any other ones and it was your ego that forged the masks right absolutely yeah yeah and so oh. like in 2017 right that darkest year of my life I walked around with many masks on because of my ego. Mm. And at the time I was showcasing myself as this person who had healed, mm. but that was so far from the truth. Oh man. I resonate with that a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's been unbelievable. Um, and it's been a very long time removing that ego, but where I am in this present moment, the peace, the love and the freedom that I feel is just beyond words. <laughs> That's amazing. It's <laughs> amazing, man. Um, yeah, this, this has been absolutely spectacular. Uh, so what are the next steps for Ryan? What, what, what is uh, a current thing that you are facing and what you're doing in order to face it? So a very recent wound that I've uncovered is my codependency. Um, mm. you know, my whole life I had experienced emotional abandonment and yeah. do you mind explaining codependency briefly for those that don't know? So it's, it's essentially attaching on to, to another person in the sense of you feel that you can't live without them, that you need yeah. them to get through life. Yeah. And because I had experienced this emotional abandonment throughout all of my relationships i one i kept people at a distance but i manipulated them to in my favor 
and I attached to them and I felt that I, because I hadn't had this love within my own being, I needed to find a home in someone else. That's, That's essentially huge, the, probably the best way to put it. <laughs> Beautifully put. Hold on. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's been, it's been uncovering a whole lot, right? It's, and at first, even when I uncovered this wound, naturally I wanted to beat myself up of, I've been this way my whole life, you know, being mean to myself towards that. But as you go through and continue on your healing journey, right? And as you grow that love for yourself, you will be able to nurture yourself in a way, right? So that when these things come up, you are able to accept what is and love yourself deeper for that. And it excites me now, right? Like this, when this wound came up, it excited me because I knew that it was something that I could work through to cultivate a greater sense of peace, of love and freedom within. So it's That's an opportunity. Amazing. It's an opportunity. Yeah. It serves you, right? It gives it gives you that opportunity for growth. It gives you that opportunity to become a, a greater life, essentially, Absolutely. doesn't it? Yeah. And I was so afraid of that for so long, but now it's like I understand why, and I just want more of it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite analogy for resistance? Analogy for resistance. Um, ooh. Think of an analogy on the spot. I don't think I have one, but what I can say on resistance is analogy for resistance. That's a good one. I reckon uh, the perfect one is um, the work that you do with strongman. When you dive into strongman, I mean, mm. the, mo the more resistance that you've worked with, the more you've grown, isn't it? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, and. Just repetition. Uh, even, even like, I don't even know if this is going to make sense, but if you're mining, Go mining coal, right? Mm. You're, you're picking at this, this rock and let's say that you've got to carry it out. I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> you've got, you've got to carry it out of the mine by yourself. Mm. Are you going to carry are you going to, are you going to mine out a huge rock that you have to carry and struggle and drag along? Mm. Or are you going to, are you going to, you know, take small rocks at a time, step by step, brick by brick type of thing and not beat yourself up fully for doing so. And it's just allowing yourself again through that journey of resist uncovering resistance to small steps at a time. I don't know yeah. if that, that made sense, but no, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, at the end of the day, every brick builds a house. Um, every small brick is required just, um, just as much as every big brick. Um, so every uh, small step taken is just as important as every big step taken. Um, yeah. And when it comes to resistance, uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, the healing journey is its own muscle, right? Um, the more profoundly that I train in healing, the more profoundly that I train and working with my emotions, the stronger I become essentially, isn't it? Um, so the greater struggle that I face, it's like putting, loading up the barbell and lifting more weight. I become stronger. Um, yeah. And it's not working against it. Working against it is like loading up weight on the barbell and deciding not to lift it. That's yeah. literally what suppression is. Um, it's not going to get me anywhere. In fact, it's actually going to hurt me. So, um, 
the best thing I can do is actually step up to the plate and just go for it, just lift it, uh, go for that, um, go for that PR, right? Um, yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what the, what the healing journey has been like for me as well. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I honestly, just like I said at the start, man, I've, I've, I find that not just your work, but um, your story and what you've done around that is, is just so inspiring, man. Um, it really is. I just mm-hmm. want to thank you so much for, um, for sharing your heart, your soul, um, you. Um, so before we sort of bring this to an end, what heals you? What heals me is my own love. Yes. Yes. My own love. Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> because it's, it's the one thing that we all have, even when it feels like we have none, right? It's, it's there. It's there and you've mm-hmm. just got to uncover it. You've got to decondition yourself to feel it, to open up to it. Um, but it's, it's brought me the most abundance. It's brought me the most of everything, most peace, most freedom. It's my own love. Wow. And how can people get more of that in their life? Well, through everything that we've said, right? Finding what works for you, finding what works for you and spending time doing that. And Beautiful. just step by step, like growing, like you said, every brick, brick uh, builds a house. Just mm-hmm. find one brick, lay one brick each day of self-love mm-hmm. through, yeah. through whatever works for you. Yeah, and eventually you're going to have a freaking skyscraper, right? <laughs> I like pyramids. I like pyramids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Sky, skyscrapers can can um fall over right is where yeah. pyramids are the most strongest foundation of all there's a reason why they've been there for thousands of years though that's it yeah yeah man awesome beautiful work where can they find you uh instagram instagram at ryan Poulter, and from there you'll be able to find all of my other stuff as well but that's the the kind of main source at the moment Great. I'll put that, um, the link will be uh, in the show notes, guys. So you can definitely find Ryan there. Uh, so yeah, be sure to go head over to his um, to his channel, follow him. Um, he posts some incredibly vulnerable videos, beautiful, be- um, and he beautifully works through them on screen. It, it's very fantastic the way he goes about it. And um, there's many people that follow along, including myself. Um, I, I do turn into um, many of Ryan's videos and I, I just, I, I find myself actually learning myself as well uh, from Ryan. Um, the, just what he brings to the table is, is just so raw and authentic to a degree that uh, you don't hear in many places. So yeah, definitely give um, good old Ryan a follow and I guarantee that you will not regret it. So Thank you so much, guys, for tuning into uh, the Pocket Coach podcast. Um, be sure to subscribe, review, uh, share if you feel called to, if you feel you got value, as this does allow us to reach more people. Uh, and the more people that we can reach, uh, especially with a message like this, uh, the, the more opportunity we have in actually allowing others to have that opportunity to learn more about themselves, to actually start to even open up to that healing space, that healing journey that many people need like feel they need i mean i know if i heard a podcast like this back in the day that would have changed my life yeah um honestly um, you know hearing your story probably would have changed my life honestly because uh, i didn't i didn't know that. that that was a thing um back then and um yeah so i just want to thank you so deeply for that um i do want to um as well just shout out my uh healing community as well uh for those that don't know about it it's a, it's a community where people can go and uh, be around like-minded people there's tools and practices and 
techniques that are dropped uh, often in there so that people can take away as well as being surrounded by various people working through the same thing and celebrating victories along the way as well. So that's um, at healingwithkids.com slash healing community. You can use the code IHEALME, I-H-E-A-L-M-E or capitals, and uh, you can get an entire free month on me, okay, um, for all your pocket coach listeners. Uh, so they'll be on the show notes as well. Anyway, much love, guys. Thank you for tuning in and, uh, and stay blessed. Singing on.